are part of a balanced breakfast and proud members of the Geekio Podcast Network. This is the Generic Live Show. Hour two of the program. Thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Dale Campbell here with you. You can reach the show at any time. Generic Live Show at gmail.com. Generic Live Show at gmail.com. You can email the show about anything. Anything you want. Generic Live Show at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, there you go. Oh, by the way, email plug for the show out. That's to celebrate. The email plug is complete. There you go. Uh, thanks for joining us. It's Dale Campbell here with you. We're doing it for Geek.io. Thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Right at the top of the hour here, we want to say a very, very special, special birthday wish to the one, the only, the fabulous CJ Boat. Oh, birthday is a doodly doo. Uh, please do send CJ Boat your love at twitter.com slash dragoskai? Yeah, dragoskai. There you go. Twitter.com slash dragoskai. Send him all the love that he can handle, which is a lot. But there you go. <laughs> I don't know. What I, yeah. By the way, how, how does one determine how much love you can actually handle? Hmm. Pottering Life since 2015, the Generic Live Show. Anyway, thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday it's great to be here, as per always, twitter.com slash dragosky, or, or at facebook.com slash geekio show. You can send, you can post your love there, there you go. Send messages there, as well. Why not? Send your love to CJ, but he, he, he really, he really deserves it, so there you go. It, and, it, and it is his birthday, and actually we have a, we have a, we have a very special song that goes out to, to CJ, and here it is. Here it is right now for you. Uh, uh. I'm not playing the whole thing this time. I, I played it all in the in the top hour of the show, and that is a very, very reference, and there you go. You should really be listening to the Geek Hi-Ho show if you don't get that reference, but hey, there you go. Uh, back home, though... Malcolm Temple could face a high court challenge over illegal gay marriage postal vote. Now, remember, I walk down memory lane with Dale in three, two, one. Uh, last year there was a pleb- there was meant to be a plebiscite in Australia, but it ended up failing because no one liked that idea, and and boy, it wasn't that bad. And they were actually the the government was going to give seventy million to the. Yes campaign and 70 million to the no campaign and rates of bullying went up during that period of time Actually, I don't think I mentioned that on the show, but but they did so and statistics show that so there you go Just sidebar by the way just putting that out there and Well that that was fun and we talked about the rise and the death of that and I actually think we had guests on the show when we were talking about the fallout from all of that as well, so it rose and fell. Oh, flash forward, flash back to even further back in Australia's history. We had marriage equality in one period of time for one weekend. It was like a one weekend at Barney special. But you didn't get free steak knives with that deal either. So there you go. But flash forward to this Wednesday. Actually, still not, still not present day. No, at, fast forward to 
next Tuesday, where at, at, it could be the earliest that we could have new developments on marriage equality. So, Malcolm Turnbull faces a high court challenge if proceeds with postal vote. Conservative liberal politicians want postal vote to determine uh, same-sex marriage. Uh, Prime Minister is calling for an emergency meeting to disca- discuss same-sex marriage, and it comes to moderate liberals to push for a conscious vote in Parliament on the issue. So there, there was, and there was also a discuss interview as well, and Shelley Argent of the Parents and Friends of Lesbians and Gays campaigner. Yep, that is actually a a thing. That's actually a body. That's actually the name of that. Mm-hmm. I told the Sun Herald that she would not hesitate to take the government to the High Court based on his advice. Uh, gay politicians like Tim Wilson, Trevor Evans, Trent Zinneman, and Dean Smith have threatened to cross the floor and vote with Labour and the Greens if there is a conscious vote on gay marriage. And uh, believe you me, they're is. They're lucky to. They 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 are likely to jump jump ship. A lot of words, but we'll meet we'll meet more of them in a minute, and we'll meet we'll meet a guy, we'll meet a guy if, we'll meet a guy who is a part of the 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 trifecta plus one. What would that be? A quadfecta, a part of the quadfecta. And I'm not talking about Dean Smith because Dean Smith's in the Senate and we're talking about the lower house here, which is the one that matters most. The Prime Minister is declining to take a position on the issue, but has promised to hold a secret ballot if it comes to that. Right-wing Liberal MPs, including Immigration Minister Peter Dutton, are pushing for a postal vote on gay marriage after the Senate Mr. Turnbull's election promise of a plebiscite on refining marriage. Redefining marriage, excuse me. So there you go. Speaking of the Bolt report, uh, speaking on the Bolt report, Miss Creedon said a postal vote could never happen, uh, could happen before Christmas, and help satisfy the growing rambles in the Liberal Party room. Liberal ministers are confident a conscious vote will be shut down by both a Liberal and a Coalition Party room. But under Liberal Party rules, backbenchers are permitted to cross the floor and vote against their party. Because well, it's freedom. What what are, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do if it's not if if you can't do that? It's it's how that works. Oh, and this lady also client that makes a pretty big claim. I, I don't think that Malcolm Turnbull will be here at the end of the year, but I suspect it won't be just this issue that brings him down. Whoop! Something we. Excuse me down something where he would have to resign or they blast him out of the seat peter either or i mean it's interesting that the postal vote matter is the one that's pushed forward very much by the conservatives uh, matthias corman and in particular uh, peter dutton and but for those two men malcolm turnbull would not be prime minister uh, that's what peter uh what that's what she says on the bolt report and that's that's Interest. That's an interesting stance, but hey, why not? Why not? I say, why not? Why not? Okay. So the four musketeers. Okay. Uh, 
I actually don't think I actually don't think I read this subtitle on this BuzzFeed article pretty pretty correctly last time. The foreman that DGAF, uh, and we all know what DGAF stands for. Something I cannot sh- say on the show, and could guarantee marriage equality by the end of August, according to this article. Tim, Trevor, Warren, and Trent. Which one of these is not like the other? Actually, funny that. But anyway, we'll move on. Don't behave yourself. There are four people you're going to hear a lot over the next few weeks, as there'll be another crack at legalizing marriage equality in Australia. The four blokes in the media have dubbed the marriage rebels. That's the theme. For the recent push to bring a free vote on marriage equality, which could have come to a head as early as next Tuesday, there has been widespread speculation that if the coalition party room sticks to the government failed plebiscite policy, Tim Warren, Trevor Evans, and Trent Zinneman, proudly gay men, could join Warren with Warren Anch, Tim Trevor, Tr- Trim, Tim Trevor, and Trent with Warren in the morning. Uh, able, able, uh, with uh, Labour and crossbenchers to trigger a marriage equality vote on the floor of Parliament. If that extraordinary event was to occur, the men would risk damaging their political standings within the party in an effort to pass marriage equality by the end of the month. Another note, and uh, by the way, the man, like I said earlier, Dean Smith is not included in this list because he's in the Senate and we're only talking about the lower house at this point. So let's start with the rebels. Let's start with Trevor Evans, the 35-year-old Liberal MP for the capital city seat of Brisbane. Ta-da! Evans has an honour degree in economics and previously served as the high-profile CEO of National Retail Association, the peak industry group for shops and stores around the country. And here, there he was in McDonald's. In the keypad. In 2010, Evans worked as a chief of staff to fellow Queenslander Peter Dutton. You know, the one pushing for the, this postal vote. Hmm, funny how that works. Last year, Evans delivered his maiden speech in Parliament, thanking, quote, My partner Roger, my best friend and source un- for, of unconditional understanding. Your smile would shine through my dark- any darkness. I love you, unquote. Evans was also the lead media instigator of the Rebellious Push this week, appealing, appearing or appealing in Austra- the Australian words. On ABC Radio and on ABC's Dateline on a late line. Wow. The ABC News Channel Dateline, where you get all of your hot Tinder tips. The ABC's Dateline on Monday to talk about the need for a free vote. There is a number of, quote, there is a number of possible ways forward from here, and I'm not necessarily set on any of them. I think it's a case of getting on, getting this issue resolved. Uh, so we can refocus on other priorities in the government's agenda. That is too true. Wow. Really? And the fact that this has come up again, and it was around... Uh, I think it was around this time... Wow, yelling. Uh, it was around this time last year that it was that it was became an issue, but there you go. 
Uh, it didn't take long for Evans to be threatened with one anonymous senior right telling the Daily Telegraph that moderate liberal Evans will be dishonoured at the next election if he proceeds on this mission. Ooh. Ooh. Wow, threatening MPs. Ooh, yay. And then there's Tim Wilson, another rookie MP who has been floating around the political circles for years, including a stint as Australian Human Rights Commissioner. He is also a political director of the right-wing think tank, the APA, and is known to send out a tweet or two that could be pretty mad. Uh, this is him talking about uh, making his maiden speech last year, talking about his fiance Ryan. Thank you. But most importantly to my fiance Ryan. Thank you. But most importantly to my fiance Ryan. I know you have sacrificed so much for me to be here today, and we are only at the end of our beginnings. For seven years, a ring has sat on, the both, on both of our left hands, and they are the answer to a question we still cannot ask. No matter what happens from here, we have already achieved more than many who come and go from this place, because we have lived the change we seek in the world. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. And I said this last hour, I said, that must be a tough, tough gig, you know, not, not being able to uh, push forward with, with something that, that you, you know you, you want to do but can't do. In the wake of a plebiscite legislation, phone, Wilson has called the government to resolve the issue in Parliament. Uh, we are running out of quarter time. Uh, despite Wilson being at the start of his parliamentary career, he's already managed to attract threats from his career anonymous liberals via the media. Uh, we've also got Warren Ernst, long-serving Queensland MP from my neck of the woods, who has spent years advocating for the parliament who vote on marriage equality, and he also loves hugs. Finally, we've got North Sydney MP Trent Zinnerman, who replaced retiring Treasurer Joe Hockey in his final... Uh, well, uh, is... Final member of the Marriage Rebels. The 48-year-old who has also been an advisor to Joe Hockey, former Senator Robert Hill. Also, public service announcement, Cinnamon is listed single on his official MP profile. But the MP made his laden speech last year about his sexuality and marriage equality. He also marched in Mardi Gras and gave the... Labour leader Bill Shorten, a big old hug. Again, A, again, I said this last hour, lots of hugging going on, and B, I can't believe that, that again, it's, it's, I don't understand how it's suddenly become a roadblock, but hey, it has, and people are finally starting to do things about it, and it's August, and that seems to be the time for it, apparently, but anyway, the time is now, and we will be talking about this again, and we, it's a story that we're that A is near and dear to my heart, and B, it's a story that we're definitely going to be following here at the show in in all of its capacity. And I think we're going to be laughing and cheering, and there will be there will be metaphorical beer drunk on the show. Actually, it might be actual beer. Why not? Why not? It's a celebrous occasion. Uh, for marriage equality to be achieved in this country, it's about damn time. And if Germany can do it with people not supporting it, it's 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 possible for anyone to do it at this point. So, 
We just gotta get in and do it. Just gotta do it. As we continue here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday, it's Dale Campbell here with you. Well, the flu season might, days might still have a little bit as we're finishing off winter here down under, but it's definitely, apparently it's been the worst flu season in history. We'll give you all the details as we continue here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Dale Campbell here with you. It's a pleasure as always. Thanks for joining us. It's, again, good to be here. We're doing it for Geek.io. It's Dale Campbell here with you. Thanks for joining us. It's Waking you up or putting you to sleep. This is the Generic Live Show. Thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's Dale Kimball here with you. We're doing that for Geek.io. Thanks for joining us here on the Geek.io Show. Doing a little bit of dancing there. And the bumper came in. Well, the flu season is not over. Definitely not over. We've still got a month to go in winter here in Australia but apparently it's been the worst flu season in history. Babies and young children are bearing the brunt of the unpredicted flu outbreak and four separate strains of the virus run rampant across Sydney and New South Wales. By the way this is just New South Wales alone. Just putting this out there. The worst flu season on record has seen more than 8,200 people turn up in hospital emergency departments in the last week with respiratory illness. Of those, 2,375 were either admitted to hospital and had immediately life-threatening conditions or arrived by ambulance. The total flu death toll this year is still being collected. Most flu seasons by a single strain of influenza, but this year influenza A strains A, that's H3N2, and A, H1N1, and B strain variants, y Yamagata and Victoria, are affecting the state. Man. As a result, more than twice as many New South Wales people uh, compared to this time last year. Flu season began early this year for unknown reasons and has still hit its peak. Uh, there's a clip there that's not related. Okay, why is there a clip here that isn't related to this story? But anyway, moving on. The flu season... Oh, I read that sentence. Influenza hotspots revealed by the federal government funded flu tracking scheme including Corgi, Bellawa, Hornsby, Lane Cove, and Merriwick in Sydney, as well as the Blue Mountains, Newcastle, Tamworth, and Bathurst. So where all the racing cars are and where all the country music happens. <laughs> Seems legit. Uh, in Nepal, Blue Mountains Health Region, hospitals are dealing with between 108% and 266% of flu patients 
more flu patients this year than the same time this time last year, however that works. The latest data released on Friday had more than 12,700 cases statewide in July alone. Total, this bringing this year's total to 19,818. Children younger than nine accounted for close quarter of New South Wales sufferer last month, with newborns and toddlers being the hardest hit. Kids under four years age particularly susceptible Acceptable. Wow. Read. <laughs> Reading's hard. Particularly with this screen. It, uh, to influenza A strains N, uh, H1N1 and known as the swine flu and A, A strain H3N2. At the other end of the spectrum, 49 nursing home residents have died from the flu this season. And further, 141 have been hospitalised in serious conditions. The elderly particularly have a strong defense against the swine flu because their mature systems recognize a similar strain swept through New South Wales in the 1950s, but they're not susceptible to H3N2. Yeah. Compounding the other problem with the presence of influenza B, which only appears every three years. Now, I thought that was a video. Moving on. That's not a video. That's a photo. That's, that's a still video. It's a photo. Modelling suggests that we're probably at our peak right now, but we wouldn't know that until we see a downturn in activity, Mr. Tolbin said of the New South Wales Health Communable Diseases Branch. There have been a few activity in four to six weeks. It's too late for a flu vaccination. Adults with influenza are infectious up to a week starting the day before they show any symptoms. So you've got to count back one day. Whilst increased testing for the influenza, it's like the combination to spike in identified cases. There's still a large proportion of flu sufferers bleh, who don't seek any medical attention and go unreported. That's also another thing is the reporting thing. The flu, ladies and gentlemen, the flu. It's bad and don't get it. And what's this is probably a slideshow presentation. You know that business, the one that's known for... Oh, wow, okay. Wow, an ad interrupting the generic live show. How original. But an ad interrupting the generic live show at, at, at 10.29, that's, that's something new. There you go. Uh, five nutrition myths about the cold and flu season. Means it's also time for that bitter cold and flu season. And in trying to ward off the bug, there are things you should do and not do when it comes to trying to fight the bug. Jackie London is the nutrition director at Good uh, Hot Orange Juice is a smart thing to do when you feel you're getting sick, but that's mm -hmm. not the case. Hydration is key, so that's extremely important, but we do want to focus on seltzer, water, some of the unsweetened beverages as opposed to juice. Because of the highly concentrated dose of sugar in juice, what you'll experience when you feel like you're getting sick or you're feeling sluggish is a blood sugar spike mm. and then the subsequent crash. So avoid juice. You're better off getting those nutrients from the actual fruit and veggie that you're looking to get. Oh, there you go. Huh. There you go. Pro tip, ladies and gentlemen, don't say you didn't learn anything on the generic live show because we teach you things. So there you go. We are, we are all about the learning here at the generic live show HQ. There you go. 
Avoid orange juice when sick. Which kind of makes sense, because the sugar in the content would make it spike up. But anyway, moving on. As we continue, here on the Generic Live show for a Sunday, well, there's apparently been a hot-button issue, and there's nothing more that I like than a hot-button issue, but I'm still trying to wrap my head around why this is a hot-button issue, but I suppose we'll break it down here when we get there. Mental health days are to be introduced in Australia, days that you can take off because of mental health issues. We'll break down how that works right after this as we continue here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. It's a pleasure to be here as per always, whether we're live or on your hard drive. Either way, or both, it works either way. Thanks for joining us. It's Al Campbell here with you. It's 10.32. New Macca's Chicken Sides Box. Three crispy tenders made with 100% Aussie chicken and 10 chicken McNuggets. Made for easy dinners, made for family. out of 10 fictional doctors say that you should start your day the generic live show way this is the generic live show thanks for joining us here on the generic live show for a sunday it's dale campbell here with you we should not talk like this but i'm trying to hide the burp as much as i can but it's gonna happen anyway whether you like it or not there you go see that little cute burp cute Anyway, thanks for joining us here on the Today Live Show for a Sunday. Stan Campbell here with you. Um, and now I can talk normally, see? There you go. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So, something that I'm actually surprised hasn't come up on this show before, but it is it is new, so that, that would explain why it hasn't come up on this show before. But, again, I'm surprised a country hasn't tried it in these times. The these base of this show, I don't, I'm not, I'm surprised that it hasn't come up. So, mental health days and when to take them. So, a Safe Work Australia report shows that mental health compensation claims are fast becoming one of the most costly problems in the Australian workforce. A recent report conducted by Beyond Blue showed that one in every five Australians took time off in the last 12 months due to mental health issues. Mental health issues are one of the most common forms of illness in Australia, with 3 million Australians currently living with anxiety or depression alone. It's not just our personal lives that are affected by mental health, it's our work and careers too. Here is the Sunrise crew breaking this story down even further. There's a new push to allow workers to take mental health days off work without explaining why to the boss. Lucy Brogdon is about to become the National Mental Health Commissioner. Um, 
National Mental Health Commissioner and she says staff with mental health problems should not have to disclose their issues until they are ready. Let's bring in Alan Jones from 2GB and 4BC and Herald Sun columnist Rita Panahi in Melbourne. Morning to you both. Alan, should people, should workers be able to have up to three days in a row un unexplained sick leave? Well Sam, I'm loath to uh, take odds with Lucy Brogdon because she's been had all these sorts of difficulties with her husband so she most probably knows the mental illness issue better than anybody. Um, I understand what that's what she's saying. My concern is that we do all these backdoor things to try and address the issue of mental health but the reality is we are thousands and thousands of beds short for mental health patients and there are people with severe mental illness who are sleeping in the streets or finish up in jail. So I just think we've got to do more than appoint a mental health commissioner and more bureaucracy. I'd like that money to be spent on genuinely addressing the concerns of people. Whether you take three sick days, I can understand people don't want to be able to tell the boss that I had a mental health problem yesterday. So Lucy makes a very valid point in relation to that. But it does obscure the reality that the resources available for mental illness, particularly in terms of hospital beds, are hopelessly inadequate. Rita, do some workers needing mental health days feel uncomfortable telling their boss the real reason they're taking time off? You can imagine they would. There is still a stigma attached. There shouldn't be. It shouldn't be any different to having a broken arm or the flu. Um, but I think you can already not say anything. You can say you're unwell. And okay. Uh, I'll say my thoughts at the end for that one. No, but I, I, I disagree with that statement, but I'll tell you why in 20 seconds. We'll, move, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. Provide a doctor's certificate that says you're unfit for work without specifying exactly why it is that you need a couple of days off. So I think uh, workers are already aware that they don't have to disclose that. So I don't really know why we need highly paid public servants to tell us things that... I think most workers are already aware of. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Now, that's all well and good, but, 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 the big thing about mental health is that it's not a physical attribute. Comparing mental health to a broken arm. Let me tell you a story. The story starts with no and finishes with no. There you go. There's your story. Happy story day. No, it's... Okay. There are, there are such things as compassionate leave, but it is, it is slightly different than, say, sick leave is where you have to provide a doctor's certificate. Now... The grey area is how does one, I understand the grey area being how does one provide, uh, provide a doctor's certificate for mental health issues. I understand that, that area and that's, that's something that needs to be further developed and that's, again, that's understandable and we can have that conversation, but by going on there and saying, well, we're okay to have broken arms and blah, 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 and that's fully legitimate. I'm not degrading people with broken arms should not have time off, and certainly not. I'm not linking the two, if that makes sense. I'm certainly not making the two connections there, and and it's it's certainly hard, and it's and it's. 
it's kind of really, really hard to make the connection between the two. Uh, what do I think about knee niggers? I don't know what niggers. Uh, uh, I don't understand the question. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that. Is. Ah, ah, hmm, uh huh. I just got that. I just got that. Thank you. Thank you, Atten Attenborough's dog, for that one. That's K N E E K N E E G E E R S. Man, for for people that have a male genitalia part in their nickname, to that. Well, if you if you have a broken knee, that's fine. There you go. Uh huh. I still don't understand the question. Oh, <laughs> uh, and we're banned. <laughs> there you go. There. It's been a great run. Generic live show is now off air. Uh, and they're good. Knees are great, particularly when they goes. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, <laughs> I have a lot of them too, by the way, I just want to put that, I have two knees, and they're great, and they serve me well. Uh, man, I am feeling dumb today, this coffee has not set in. Anyway, moving on, <laughs> okay, back to mental health issues, which, mm, uh, however, despite these stats, mental health issues in the workplace are even more overlooked, with employees focusing more on physical health, mental health remains taboo. Therefore, when it comes to people calling in sick, people are unlikely to disclose their true purpose for their absence. Quote, over the past few years, they've seen a greater willingness from, from organizations to address mental health issues in the workplace, but there are still some huge amounts of work that needs to be done, says Nicholas Viednas, mm, delicately go around that surname, director at Liquid HR. Uh, he notes that generally mental health HR policies still seem to be reserved for large institutions such as universities, government departments, and progressive corporations. For companies outside of this, he says, there's still a huge mindset that segregates physical and mental illness. <laughs> and Burroughs Dog says that his, his are horrific. That's not good. That's not good at all. You want them to be... You want them to be... Uh, to be fresh, right? Is that... Funky fresh. You want them to be funky fresh. <laughs> Funky Fresh Knees. That's what you need. <laughs> can we name the show Funky Fresh Knees? Can we do that? Is that a thing that we can do? I, think that, I don't think that's a thing that we can do. Uh, according to the Beyond Blue research, back to this, uh, working in mental, uh, mentally and unhealthy and unsupportive organization exuberates avoidance behaviors for those with mental health issues. These employees are less likely to seek health from their direct manager or human resources department. 
They are also less likely to disclose an experience of depression and anxiety, particularly in situations of career progression. Yeah, that's that's mainly because you don't want you don't want that to be jeopardized. I don't think that's more of a case of uh, jeopardization, more so than anything else. Because I don't I don't think I don't I don't think that. You don't, you don't want career, your career to be jeopardized by something as mental health. And in that mindset, I'm not saying that everyone does this, but in that mindset, one can certainly go, all right, what outweighs my, uh, what outweighs the benefit of this promotion? I want this promotion. What can I do to get this promotion? I know kick this to the side and it it's it, it, yeah, I don't know that, 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 that's a tough situation to uh, to to push the findings of the report show that these employees concerns can be made just be justified when interviewed one in every three employees said that it came to a specific work situation that they would have reservations about working with someone experiencing depression or anxiety particularly if it was their line manager. Hmm, okay, that's interesting. Some employees believe that someone experiencing depression would less likely perform their job adequately. Well, that's certainly could be somewhat true, I guess, because you don't, you, you certainly don't want your manager to be anxious. That's not a good thing because those symptoms are and for, um, not symptoms. I suppose they're still symptoms if they happen after the fact. So that's, that's certainly true. You don't want your line manager being freaked out. Uh, mental health can still be preserved, uh, preserved as a taboo subject. And this is reflected on how many organizations can deal with outsourcing it to employee assistant program, EAP providers. He says, by providing services in the background, largely unchanged and left to their own devices, of course they are critical, but there is still commitment from organizations to educate employees and address the issues here on in. Here, uh, hopes that this mindset will change. However, in the meantime, how do employees navigate sick days versus mental health days? Marnie Lissman is a health and well-being psychologist. She says that it's difficult for employees to know the best way to approach the issue. In a perfect world, confessing to taking mental health day would be great as if anyone is open and honest about it. Workplace would acknowledge that they need for them and it would be more normalized, she says. Also, normalizing mental health is definitely something that needs to happen pretty quickly. And I'm actually surprised that mental health hasn't become this this all-encompassing thing that just happens at this point. Because if it was, people, okay, people will say, mm, no, mm, it shouldn't be normal, we, we're, we're suffering. But if it's become normal, it then it becomes easy to deal with at the flip side. Like, like bullying, for instance, is, no, I'm not saying that that is normal and it's definitely not right, but it's something that is quote-unquote normal and there are practices in place to deal with that, particularly in a workplace.
Anyway. <laughs> I bought mission and I don't know if I got Anyway. Backfire on the. In reality, if workplaces don't appropriate the mindset about this yet, admitting to take mental health days could backfire for an employee. Mental health days are necessary because when it's not normally healthy, it affects how we function, just the same way as we're physically unwell. Uh, Lishman said that mental health sick days give us time to source the best treatment to heal ourselves whether this is a rest at home or a visit to a health professional. So what are the signs that signal that we need a mental health day? There are many signs, but the key ones relate to your performance at work. Uh, your ability to concentrate, your ability of tiredness, she says. Feeling irritable with colleagues and experiencing systems anxiety is also things to be aware of. Uh, again, I agree that... I agree that mental health is huge, and it's just still this topic that we can't understand yet, but the introduction of the ability to take mental health days is a huge step in the right direction, and I think it's going to be the future of, of HR is, is coming up with as many things, as many quote-unquote things, I don't know really the right term for it, it the, the, as many policies, I suppose, is, is probably a word in the English language, whether it's the right one or not, it's a whole other story, but policies that encompasses the employees and makes them feel more inclusive. Inclusivity is kind of a huge, a huge deal, I suppose, in, in human resources, and this is a, a perfect way to, for, for that to occur. As we continue, here on the Generic Live Show, for a Sunday, it's Dale Campbell here, with you, we're doing it for Geek.io. Well, there are some pretty good airports out there, but the best airport just got a whole lot better. It's taken, it's taken the world by storm. I'll tell you, tell you how exactly the best airport in the world just got a whole lot better. Right after this, as we continue here on the Genetic Live Show for a Sunday, it's Dale Campbell here with you. We're doing it for Geek.io. Thanks for joining us. It's 
the one and only closing time. Yeah, the one, the only closing time. Uh, a big, huge happy birthday to Geekio's very own CJ Boat. Thanks. Thank, 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 thanks, thanks, just thanks, just all of the thanks, and all of the birthday wishes go to him. Oh, birthday is a doodly doo. We're gonna be kicked off YouTube for that, and also this is, this is your birthday present, CJ, here you go. The whole thing. The full shebang. I like the... I do like the ending. The ending is quite good. Uh, do send do send CJ uh, some love. Uh, Twitter.com slash DragosKai or Facebook.com slash Show. You, you can send send a send a message there and, and it, it, it'd, be, it'd be much appreciated. It's a bit of a pick me up, so there you go. Send some love over there. It's 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 it, there you go. That that's that's all you need. That's all you need. That's, if you do one thing today and nothing else, do that. Take it over you, CJ. There you go. Happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday. The best airport just got better. There you go. <laughs> uh, Bloomberg takes a look into Singapore's new airport terminal 4. From robot cleaners... Stalk in the hallways to an anim uh, automated check-in enhanced by facial recognition software. The fourth terminal at Singapore's Changi Airport, already considered the world's best flight hub, is designed to give travellers a glimpse into the more efficient jet-setting future. It's one of the most busiest Asian airports, handling a record 58.7 million, that's million with an M, in 2016. But the re as the region gets richer, demand for air travel is taking off. <laughs> when it <laughs> opens this year, T4 will have capacity to add another 16 million travelers to that total. But the terminal will hold more than just people. That's 27 football fields. T4 will feature art installations, immersive LED displays, greenery, and natural light. Join us for a tour of an air travel pioneer. An automated robot cleaning travels along the T-Port departure hill. It looks great. This guy looks like a a, a butler dressed in a on top of a rumba. It looks great. And he is losing to a bull. Automated check-in at departure hall uses facial recognition technology to perform identity checks on the passenger. An immersive hall, 70 meter by 5 meter LED panel designed to entertain travelers while they wait for security. Well, there you go. Entertainment while you wait for, while you wait for your uh, TSA. There you go. Oh, it's called, not called TSA over there, but there you go. It's basically TSA. Security checkpoint. There you go. Mock-ups of a traditional Singaporean houses in the airport's heritage zone ah, so a basically a display of houses pedal clouds is a kinetic installation that moves in time with the icelandic music and illustrated lighting it displays in 200 meter long central galleria area <coughs> excuse me an employee demonstrating the automatic immigration clearance the traveling family 
an aluminium structure by Swiss artist Kirk Minzer, is displayed at the departure transit area. It's a good display. I do say so myself. Even the toilets in the heritage zone of the traditional Singaporean Parisian theme. An art piece called Les Ostriaks, known as the birds, a stainless steel piece described as a symbol of a concern between the sky, earth, dream, and reality. This is in the main arrival area, waiting for a departure under the pedal clouds illumination, installation rather, the baggage collection area, which is the neatest baggage collection area I have ever seen. By the way, they don't look like that, but anyway, moving on. A cleaner human one, work at T4, yeah, well, a cleaner, there you go. And someone touching up the greenery. And that fantastic. You know, that's not a euphemism for niggers. <laughs> Which sounds like a cheese. It's a cheese. It's a type of cheese. I looked it up on Google. It's a type of cheese. Alright. And if you can't find it, then, well, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, thanks for joining us here on the Generic Live Show for a Sunday. I've been Dale Campbell. I will continue to be Dale Campbell until... I, I, until things change that I am not fully aware of. That's going to do it for the show. Thanks for joining us. It's Daryl Campbell here with you. It's 11. It's 11. Oh, it's 11 o'clock. This has been a Geekio Media Network production. Copyright 2017.